This is The Real Magic Podcast. Learn about great design and use it to get great results. Now your hosts, Greg Merrilies and Alan Nunez. Hello, listener, and thank you for joining Greg and I today for The Real Magic Design Podcast, where we unpack our experience to help designers and business owners understand how to create amazing designs and work together to make design that is profitable. I am Alan from Pixel Partners HQ, and here is my co-host Greg from Studio One Design. Hey Al, how you doing, mate? Mate, I actually had to think about who I was for a second there when <laughs> I read the, the intro. I'm Al. Yeah, for this episode, I'm definitely Al. Al. We've got a great uh, guest on our episode today, but just quickly before we do, what have you been up to, brother? Look, it hasn't been long since our last recording, mate. So honestly, I've just been concentrating on my book. I've, I've got the first three chapters back, which I'm really excited about. You know, based on my content, it's been ghostwritten by somebody else. So yeah, that's I've just been reviewing that. What about you, man? What have you been up to? Oh, not much, mate. Uh, you heard before we hit record, I've been in the wars. I've, I've, I've taken a couple of injuries doing <laughs> housework and gardening, which is just terrible. But it has been nice to be out in the sun. I took the kids to Wet n Wild. You know, it's a little bit of personal time over the last week, which is just a nice break from work, but back into it this week. Yeah, cool. But enough about us. We've got an exciting guest. We have got, do you want to, do you want to intro him? Do you want to get him in here? Well, first of all, I just want to say that, listener, I mean, if you uh, don't have a marketing plan at all, you're going to love this episode because this is probably the simplest way of approaching a marketing plan that you've ever heard of. It's based on Alan Dibb's book, The One Page Marketing Plan. So yeah, let's get him in. So welcome, Alan. For the benefit of our listener, please give an overview of who you are and share a brief story of what it is that you do and your journey of how you got to where you are today. Hey, Greg, Alan, great to be on the show. Yeah, so... um uh, I coach and consult to small businesses, and I'm also an author. I've written the one-page marketing plan, and yeah, so I help people get clarity on their marketing, uh, so understand strategically what they need to do, and then basically help them uh, tactically implement that strategy. Well, tactically, Alan, how are we going to deal with this episode? Because we've got two <laughs> Alans on the call. Well, I thought we'd better clear this up. <laughs> no, it's great to it's great it's great to have you on the show. We did discuss before recording. I'll be Al today. And then the wonderful Alan, our guest. Tell us a little bit about your book and and why you wrote it. It it really came about uh, out of necessity. And so I work with a lot of um, small businesses. And one of the things I always used to work with them on is, first of all, getting their marketing plan together. And this was a was really a point of procrastination for many, many of my clients. So, you know, they'd have all the intention to do it, but it was just such a such a big rock to to cross. So, you know, very often they procrastinate, they didn't know what to do, they didn't know how to do it. Um, it f- felt like a really, really big, big obstacle. So uh, I put together a, a plan that was literally one page that, that you could split up into nine nine sections and have a very comprehensive uh, direct response marketing plan for your business. And so I, I, um, I presented this plan at uh, several speaking events to some of my clients and it was very, very well received. And uh, I felt that um, something like this really warranted uh, to get out into the wider market, you know, people outside of my circle of clients and sphere of influence. So, so writing a book uh, was the next logical step, and and that's exactly what I did. So, I wrote a book with the same title, the One Page Marketing Plan, and uh, it's gone on and done very well. I love that from the point of view that it's one page. So straight away, it sort of symbolises that it's not 
overcomplicated because what I find, you know, traditionally creating a marketing plan is really difficult and time consuming because it often, you know, comprises of so many moving parts. And I just love that simplicity of having one page. So can you, for a start, sort of explain why it's so important to have a marketing plan and, and yeah, why, why this simple one page approach and how powerful that is? Yeah, look, look, I'll step back to, to, you know, back in the day when I was a um, dead broke IT geek. So I had an IT company. I really had absolutely no clue about sales or marketing or anything like that. And I hired a business coach. And one of the things that he he got me to do was to to write a business plan. And he we hired a consultant and the consultant helped us write the business plan. And it was awesome. It was 200 pages long. It had graphs. It had spreadsheets and forecasts and everything like that. And um you know, it sat in the top drawer until we moved out of the office and then I threw it and tossed it in the trash and uh, that was about it. But so uh, I basically spent a lot of money to build a document that really wasn't usable on an everyday basis. So, but the one thing I do remember from that process was there was a little section called the marketing plan and we worked on, you know, what pricing would be, positioning, um, the promotions that we would do. And that was, to me, the absolutely most useful part of that plan. So it was kind of like the 80-20 that, uh, of that business, creating that business plan. So this is what I really wanted to replicate in one page with this book. And the reason why it's so important to create a, a marketing plan is because just the stakes are so high. So anything where you've got very high stakes, you'll notice they do a plan. So, you know, doctors will have a treatment plan, uh, pilots will have a flight plan, uh, the military will have a military military operations plan. So anywhere where the stakes are really high, you're going to have a very good plan. And uh, I think, I mean, when it comes to the alarming rate of business failure, people's lack of planning often very it comes out in the wash. So having a plan so that you're your business doesn't fail in the most important part of the business, which is the customer acquisition and retention portion. So that's why really it's just absolutely essential to have a a marketing plan in your business. Yeah, look, I think that one of the downfalls of planning in business is that we tend to overcomplicate things. I mean, Greg and I always talk about simplifying, getting to the point, finding the one thing that's going to drive your business or your design forwards and what you're saying is out of all the complexity of this this business plan that you designed you discovered that that marketing component was the one thing that could push your business forward and decided to share it with your well with the world you know firstly with the people closest to you and then everybody else just a quick question right you know you've condensed it down into a one page marketing plan which i love the title of the book by the way i mean it just screams you can do this. It's simple, but you know what is the what is the key thing about the marketing plan itself that is so powerful? Yeah. So the key thing is it's really focused on small businesses. So uh, when we when we think about large businesses with their marketing, big marketing budgets, big marketing departments, and things like that. So you know they've got all sorts of moving parts. But in a small business, really, the only thing that we care about is getting a customer, retaining a customer, and doing more business with those customers. So it's really focused on that, and it's focused on 
direct response marketing. And and the reason why uh, we really want to concentrate on marketing so much, I mean, th- there are so many areas of business that we could plan on and, and that we can work on, but really uh, marketing is the thing that's going to move the needle in your business. So if you get 10% better at you know, negotiation, or if you get 10% better at uh, creating products, I mean, that will have an incremental effect. That's great. You know, by all means do that. But if you get 10% better at marketing, that can have an exponential effect to your business. So that's the reason I'd really like to hone in and say, okay, let's plan your marketing. Because, you know, once you've got leads and customers rolling in and cash flow going in, it just solves so many other problems in your business. So if you've got systems problems, I mean, having having good cash flow will help you solve that. If you're uh, having good cash flow coming in, it's going to help solve people problems. It's going to help you hire better quality of people or more people. So uh, that's one of the reasons that I really like to focus on planning your marketing because it's the thing that can really move the needle in your business. Yeah, nice. It sounds to me like you've, you're helping business owners create essentially a checklist of things that they need to implement and rinse and repeat uh, as they go through their business. Maybe adapt it slightly, but it really is a working system and a working process that they can follow to make sure that they don't fall off the marketing wagon. Because that's that's really common, isn't it, with businesses, is they have a great marketing plan or marketing idea, they implement it, they get busy, and then they don't have a plan that they're sticking to. That's 100% right. And look, none of the stuff that that is in the book is stuff that you know, I've necessarily invented. I, I plainly say in the book, I'm no genius or anything like that. I'm really a collector of great ideas. I'm, I'm a student of direct response marketing and I just want to hand it to people on a silver platter and say, okay, this is how we implement direct response marketing. We need to think about target market. We need to think about messaging. We need to think about media. So, and we take, I'd take them through the whole life cycle of acquiring a customer working with a customer and then doing more business with a customer. So, yeah, really, it's just about implementing common sense stuff and having a a structured way of planning to do that. I love that. And so, really, in relation to getting new customers, because obviously, you know, we'll talk about keeping customers as well, but in relation to getting new customers, are we talking about, like, creating lead magnets and getting people into the top of the funnel? Are we talking about creating content like blogging and podcasting and videos? Or are we talking about networking and JVs and referrals or pretty much all of the above? Look, we're we're talking about all all of the above, but I think even prior to doing some of this tactical stuff. So um, a lot of people say, you know, should I be doing social? Should I be uh, working on, you know, telemarketing and all of this? And that's tactical stuff. And that's that's great stuff to be talking about. And that's great stuff to be implementing. But prior to that, there's, there's really a layer that we need to have to think about. And that's, you know, who's my target market? What's going to be the message to my target market? What am I going to go out with that's, you know, slightly unique and how am I going to to reach them? So there's a conversation to be had and very often people think, you know, hey, I've got this great widget or I've got this great service or whatever it is. And then they think, okay, well, how do I apply marketing to it now? Whereas really the, the conversation around marketing should be baked into the product. I love products and services that have, I guess, a network effect. So if you think about something like Skype, for example, or, or you think about Facebook, it, it's got a network effect. It's, it's got marketing baked in because it becomes more valuable as more people have it. So if you can bake that somehow into your product or service where network effects are built out of that, 
then it's going it's going to make your marketing infinitely easier. I mean, you don't you don't often see you know advertising for for services like that where with Skype or Facebook. You've probably never seen a Facebook billboard. I I, I would suggest because you know it just the marketing's baked into it. So if you know having a, a think about prior to the product creation process, can you bake marketing into your product or service? Then you're going to have a much easier time with the the marketing process. So really, what you're talking about is <clears throat> building a brand and a brand identity that is tied in with uh, marketing. But you know what? You uh, look. Uh, maybe I've got this wrong, but the way I'm reading this is you're helping people build a brand identity under the clever disguise of a one-page marketing plan. Is that kind of where you're going? Is is it that your brand has to have its own identity, it needs to know who its core audience is, it needs to speak to that audience, that, that kind of thing? Yeah, no no doubt. Yeah, so it's got absolutely got to speak to, to your audience. And uh, I love that you bring up brand because I, I like to define what a brand is. And very often, like I searched the internet the other day and uh, searching what is a brand. And, you know, some of the things that came up is, you know, I'll show you, I kept a record here. So it says, it's the emotional and psychological relationship you have with your customers. Then another one said a type of product manufactured by a particular company and their particular name. Then another one said the name, term, design or symbol that identifies the, the seller's product. So there's all these crazy definitions of what is a brand. And really to, to me, uh, you know, I'm a simple guy. I like to eliminate the fluff and just keep things simple. And to me, a brand is really just the personality of a business. And so when you think of the personality of a person, you think, you know, what makes, what makes up a person's personality, you know, it's his name or her name. Um, what do they wear? So that, that might be equivalent to some of the design elements that, that you might do for a business. So, how do they communicate? So, in a business setting, we would call that positioning. What are some of its core? What are some of this person's core values, and what do they stand for? So, in a business term, you'd call that probably a brand promise. And then, then you might say, okay, who does this person associate with? So, in a business sense, that might be equivalent to your target market. And then you might say, you know, is this person well known? And that might be equivalent to brand awareness in a business perspective. So, really, I like to think of brand as the personality of your business. So, like I mentioned, there's many, many things that influence that. There's there's design, there's positioning, there's brand promise, there's your target marketing, there's uh, your brand awareness. So all of these things make up your brand. And and very often um, brand uh, is baked into your product or service from day one rather than something that you add or create later on. So so that's what I would say around, around the, the discussion around brand. Yeah, look, I think, I mean, it's so interesting because all the, the elements we talked about in brand are critical elements to have in your marketing plan because you can't market if you don't know who you are and who, who you're talking to. You, you know, it's funny, you just talked about Googling the definition of brand and my 11-year-old daughter came home and her and her friends decided to do a an assignment on brands of the world, right? And they had all these brands in their slideshow and I said, well, what about the origin of brands and, and branding, you know? And I had to sit down and explain to my daughter that, you know, the origin was literally a mark to identify, you know, to so that somebody could look at a barrel or a cow and know who it belonged to, right? And I was trying to also explain to her that, 
you know, it's only in the last hundred years or less, in, 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 you know, within the last century, that brands of clothing and automobiles and things like this plaster their brand all over their products. So that's, you know, that's another way of, of those brands baking in their, their, their marketing because, you know, the more Nike shoes with the swoosh on the side that sell, the more people see the Nike swoosh, the more people buy it. And, and you know, sometimes it is uh, simple to do with your brand or service. Other times it's not so simple. I mean, social media helps a lot because you can ask people to share their experience, which is something that's never been able to be done before. But I think I think the whole marketing plan connected with branding is a really, really interesting topic. Maybe it's a topic for another episode, but uh, I love your insights into it. And I just wanted to plant the seed for the listener that, you know, when you're talking marketing, a lot of the questions you're asking can lead you to your brand identity if you don't already have one really uh, crystallized and clarified for your business. Is that step one in the marketing plan to, uh, to get your brand identity sorted? Uh, look, it would definitely be part of it. Uh, step step one is choosing your target market. Sure. So, and and certainly part of choosing your target market would include um, how you're going to present to your target market, which is which is step two. What I was going to say is I, I heard this um, as a brand test done recently. So it's the remove the, the your name and logo from your material. So if you removed your name and logo from from your marketing material, would people still know that it's you? That's a great test because, you know, you know, if you removed Apple's name from the Apple website or Apple's gear, you pretty much still know that this is Apple gear uh, just from, from all of the design cues and the way that it's created and the way that, that the, the brand identity is just baked right into the product and service. So um, that's something I would probably put out there as well. Mm, absolutely. I know um, Jeff Bezos, you know, founder of Amazon, he says, your brand is what other people say about you when you're not in the room. And to me, that's, that's similar to what you're just saying there, where if you removed your actual logo uh, and, you know, and, and the brand, essentially, it's still going to be left with, um, you know, the, what it means to others, essentially. Yeah, for sure. For sure. That's cool. All right. And so, I mean, how important is it? Part of your title is, you know, stand out from the crowd. So how important is branding to help you stand out from the crowd? I think it's critical. Uh, And uh, a lot of times when people talk about branding, they think of it just as, hey, this is, you know, it's my logo or or whatever. But very often I think branding happens after, after the fact. You know, when do you Find, when do you learn about someone's personality, you know, after you really get to know them? So to me, branding is something that almost happens after after the sale, you know. So that's when people get to know you and trust you and like you and interact with you further. So um, if we define branding as the personality of a, a business, then by and large, the, a, a big part of it will happen after the sale. Yeah, I can imagine, which is also really, you know, part of your book, which is the recurring side of it, yeah, to, to maintain that client and, and have a client for life. So does your book go into detail into into how to maintain and, and keep a client for life? Yeah, we've, we've got a whole chapter on delivering a world-class experience. So we, we split it up into three major sections in the book. So, and this is 
uh, credit to Dean Jackson for this. It's the before, the during, and the after. And so we, we, we have three chapters on each. So three chapters on before, three chapters on during, and three chapters on after. Uh, so the after phase is absolutely a place where so much money is left on the table. So much so much time is spent on marketing, on acquiring a new customer and uh, trying to attract leads and things like that. But really, the real money is made by retaining existing customers and selling more and doing more with existing customers and clients. So uh, that's something that's massively left behind by many business owners. So the last three chapters of the book are delivering a world-class experience, increasing customer lifetime value, and then orchestrating and stimulating referrals. So um, we spend a lot of time on the on the after phase. I would say that's essential because advertising is becoming so expensive and it's just going to keep becoming more expensive that unless you concentrate on the lifetime value of the customer, it's not worth it at the start. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. I'm really glad to hear that you talk about the the part after the sale because, you know, I have... In my experience, case study after case study, I mean, there's probably a dozen that I could cite in just the last couple of years of of clients of mine where we have invested in the experience post-sale, whether that be the way an item is delivered, how it looks and feels when they open it, follow-on material like instructional videos, illustrations, all these types of things that, that can go along with both a product and a service. And the... The windfall has always been an increase in referrals, an increase in sales, and an increase in repeat purchases. So, you know, I think so many people look at a marketing plan and they focus just on getting the customer through the door and they forget that there is so much more to the cycle. Look, just just for the sake of our listeners, and and I've sort of tried to frame this question up in my head, and I don't know if it's going to come out right because I don't want to upset my listener, but, you know, if we have listeners that have, you know, a little bit of fear or maybe they're procrastinating a little bit or they just, they feel like they're too busy to get started on a marketing plan, what's the one thing that you could say to our listeners that would convince them to take action today, uh, or apart from going and buying your book, and we're not getting any commissions or anything like this, but definitely go and buy the book, but what's the one thing you could say to them that would make them jump out of their chair and go and start working on this today? Well, uh, the answer is literally you can create a comprehensive direct response marketing plan in one page and I reckon you could knock it over in less than 30 minutes. So that that's the whole crux of the book and, you know, uh, we'd love love you to buy the book. You know, you, you'd, you'd essentially be buying me a cup of coffee or if, <laughs> even if you don't want to buy a book, you can probably just go to my website and grab the one-page marketing plan uh, canvas uh, free of charge and get started straight away. So cool. literally, What's your website, you, you can have a... Uh, the website is successwise.com. Fantastic. And, well, yeah, I'm and the book is out. available in and the book is available in Kindle and Audible for those of us who do like audio books. And disclaimer, the 30-minute excludes the time to read the book. <laughs> yes, for sure. Well, then, Alan, could you go over the steps then that, that make up the, you know, just as an overview, that make up the marketing plan? Yeah, for sure, for sure. So uh, the marketing plan is basically split up into, so if you think of a single page, split up into nine sections. And so we have three major phases, the before, the during, and the after. Yep. And then the, the, the first phase is split up into, uh, number one is selecting your target market. Number two is crafting your message. Number three is re- reaching your prospects with advertising media. So that 
that covers your before phase. Then in the during phase, that's when we're trying to, so the before phase is when someone doesn't even know you, they don't know you exist. So that's how you, you attract them and get them to raise their hand. Then, then once they've raised their hand, we go into the during phase. And then we talk about capturing leads, nurturing leads, and then finally sales conversion. And that concludes the uh, during phase. So after sales conversion, that's when we hit the after phase. And, and that's when we talk about delivering a world-class experience, increasing customer lifetime value, and then orchestrating and stimulating referrals. So once you've got those nine things covered, you've got a very, very comprehensive direct response marketing s- strategy in your business. So it's so insightful to hear some of the mail that, that comes back from this where people just say, wow, you know, I've got clarity now. Previously, a, a lot of people get stuck and it's very easy to get stuck in the latest course and the latest bright, shiny object. But to get clarity around some of this stuff and just stop doing the random acts of marketing and just know what you need to be doing, you know, have a plan and say, no, you know, I'm going to ignore this bright, shiny object because I know this is what my client wants to hear and this is how they want to hear it and this is where they hang out and this is how they're going to, we're going to reach them. So it just frees you from all of this bright, shiny object syndrome and let, gives you clarity on knowing what you need to do. That's awesome. And so then I'm assuming once you've got the plan, you've got to action the plan. And at what point should you be tweaking the plan depending on the results that it gets? Yeah, look, it's designed to be a living document. And this is one of the reasons I made it one page, because uh, even though we could have probably made it three or four pages, the reason I made it one page was because I literally wanted people to be able to just pin it up in their office um, and be able to see it on a daily basis and then just change it on a regular basis. Got because it. if something's one page, it's super easy to to update and change any time, right? So yeah. it's not this big, scary 20-page document that you've got to rethink everything, you know? So literally, you can change the playbook at any time. If you find, you know what, this is not really my target market, uh, we need to change this up, you create a new one-page marketing plan. That is awesome. Love it. I'm going to download it right now. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, that has been absolutely fantastic, Alan. I'm so pleased that we had you on the show. Uh, I was going to ask you where people could find out more, but I mean, you've given us your website. People know that they can grab their book. Do you have other social media channels that you're active on? Yeah, look, I'm not super active on social media, but the, probably the best place is, you, you know, if you want to grab the book, it's on Amazon.com. Um, it'll also be in bookstores in May. Otherwise, touch base with me at successwise.com. You can join my mailing list and and uh, get lots of cool free stuff and and keep in touch. That is awesome. Well, thank you so much, Alan, for coming on and and sharing your one-page marketing plan. It's an awesome concept, and, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to diving in to, yeah, apply it to my business. Greg, Alan, it was a genuine pleasure. Man, how good was that? Look, you know, out of all of that, if there's one killer tip that I could recommend to our listener, apart from going and and checking out the book, is, you know, the marketing plan can can be really, really simple. You don't have to overcomplicate it. And it is a critical part of your business. Now, look, that doesn't negate needing to, you know, manage your finances properly and, and have all, you know, all the other systems and processes in place. But if you've got a solid marketing plan, then you have a forward direction that you can move to build your business and grow your customers. Yeah, and it's just so simple by the sounds of it. I am going to print that out and put it on my wall because I love the idea, man. I think it's such a cool concept for it to be in one place. And obviously, you would tweak it over time, but it's a really 
good starting point. And yeah, for me also, my my sort of tip that I got from from the interview was branding is a, a you know a huge part of it. You know, having your brand values and your brand voice is really step two in his marketing plan you know identify your target market step one and then step two is your brand you know so to me it just reiterates you know what i learned recently at the tnc event as well traffic and conversion summit that branding is going to help future proof you if you invest in your brand so yeah don't take your brand lightly really see it as an investment awesome thank you listener for joining us on this episode if you like this episode please leave a review on itunes and go to therealmagic.com where you can continue the conversation. Just post a message underneath our episode. Greg and I do keep an eye on that and we will reply. You bet. Have a great day and we'll see you on the next episode. Thanks, listener. Thanks for listening to The Real Magic Podcast. Hear more at therealmagic.com.